You're listening to Coding Blocks, episode 200! Woo, woo, woo! 200, that's so amazing, what a big number. Nobody has ever gotten to 200 in the history of pot. Oh, they have, never mind, okay. All right, well, don't take it away from us. We got to episode 200. It only took us like, you know, nine and a half years, but we got there. And that's the important thing. So uh, if you haven't already subscribed to us, uh, you can find us on all the major podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you like to find your podcasts. Visit us at codingblocks.net, where you can find our show notes, examples, discussion, and more. Send your feedback, questions, and rants to comments at codingblocks.net. Follow us on Twitter at codingblocks. And hey, uh, we got a website, codingbox.net. Uh, it's been up there for 200 episodes now. And we've got a bunch of social social links there at the top of the page. And with that, I'm uh, Joe Zach. That's right. Guess who's back? Back again. Michael's back. Tell a friend. Okay, well, that got awkward. You know, it's like when you don't have like the, the sound. Like I needed some more snare in my headphones. That's what, that's what I was missing. That's right. So yeah, uh, I'm Michael Outlaw. I am the non-singing Alan Underwood. And today, I think we're just going to talk about all the things that we've learned or enjoyed. Not all the things. Some of the things that have stood out to us over the nine and a half years we've been doing this podcast. I mean, you, you know what's funny? Like, we've hit 200, right? Like, that to us, that's a pretty big milestone. Um, there's lots of podcasts that hit 200 the first year. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but... I mean, in fairness, anybody that's been hanging out with us for long knows that we do these every two weeks, right? And they're usually, it's not us just sitting around, um, you know, chatting about nothing. You know, we have to do a bunch of research and all that stuff. So we're, we're pretty excited and pretty proud that we've made it this far. Yeah. How about we're the best show to make it to episode 200? I agree. I concur. There we go. <laughs> well, I mean, think about anything else that you've done for nine and a half years. Are you, you know, is there something else nine and a half years ago? Was there something you started nine and a half years ago besides like a Stephen King book? Is there something that you started <laughs> nine and a half years ago that you're still doing today? Because it is a really long book. I mean, like we can, we can agree, right? You're probably still reading it. All Stephen King books. <laughs> and nobody's ever finished one. I don't think. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I can't think of anything like. I mean, it's funny. We were talking about this behind the scenes the other day. I mean, there are definitely times that it's like, man, I don't want to do this this week. I don't have time. I don't like I'm tired. And then we're all kind of like dragging each other across the finish line. So at, at various different times. Right. So, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, indeed. And uh, I don't remember anything I've done for nine and a half years. I, I do know that was three jobs. I've gone to three jobs in that time. You did. It's pretty crazy. That's right. Only three, was it? Yeah, only three. One we, was really short. We've been through two. Well, no, actually, yours would have been four if you count the acquisition. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, I don't know, maybe. It does. Feels pretty different. Yeah. So, all right. So, real quick, let's get into the podcast news. And as always, Outlaw will lead us off with the names here. All right, so from iTunes, we have nickname 222 Apple Heart. Very nice. So I'm well assuming done. they meant heart, so. I think so, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, speaking of hearts, January's coming up. January 20th, 23rd, we've got the third annual Coding Blocks Game Jam about to start up again, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't know if you all thought about what you're going to do this year. Um. I was hoping to steal uh, Outlaw's audio uh, capabilities again. That was a lot of fun last time. 
I was definitely thinking that like I might just do like random audio stuff and put it out there for everyone to use. Nice. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, excellent. Because yeah, it was a lot of fun, like recording all the pew pew. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys remember the Nissan commercials where they would like sample the the trunk closing and the doors opening, the hon- the horn honking, and they turned it into a song? That's what it reminds me of. Like you're ah. just gonna throw out a bunch of little mixes that people could do stuff with. Be okay. awesome. Watch out! <laughs> oh no! Yeah, uh, that was good. <laughs> so much fun. Excellent. All right, so uh, I guess, Jay-Z, you kind of put together like what we should talk about on this, so you should probably lead it. Yeah, I thought it might be fun to kind of talk about some things just kind of over the years. Uh, so if you've been with us for a long time, you know, this show's for you. And if you're uh, brand new, we'll, uh, I mean, it's still going to be great. This Hang show's it. for you. This show's for you. It's for everybody. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I thought it'd be fun just to, out, out the gate to talk about any episodes that kind of stuck out in your mind, any ones that were like favorites or things that you just uh, really enjoyed talking about. So I guess um, one of the ones that I had listed up there that it, it's funny, like it, it, over the years, I didn't ever think about it, but it it opened my eyes to a lot of this. And it was, we still don't understand open source licensing. And man, I learned a lot from that episode, right? Like, hey, don't just willy nilly throw any open source project into yours because you might be making your source code available to everybody and not even realize it, right? Um, that was one that was truly eye-opening and changed how I view just grabbing free code. Uh, what are you, about you, Allah? Well, <clears throat> I mean... Do we? Do you have to ask? Do you know? Do you not already know? <laughs> I if guess. you had to guess, yeah. So, uh, I, okay. So, episode ninety, the you know our canonical episode now of uh, the comparing Git workflows. I really enjoyed that one, and obviously, and and you know, consistent with that theme. I, like I, I came at it from the approach of series that that we did. So I super loved the Git uh, from the bottom up series that we did just recently. Um, it's like, as long as we have all been using Git and as much as we felt comfortable in, you know, working our way around Git, it was, uh, just that much more like, I don't know, eye opening or whatever, however you want to phrase that, but, uh, just getting that much more in-depth knowledge about Git, you know, just kind of like made the matrix flex around me. You know, I felt like, Oh, now I like super know it even better. Um, or, you know, at least feel more comfortable with it, you know, working my way around it. So I really enjoyed that episode or that series, but then consistent with that, that series idea, I, I couldn't like, originally I was like, let me just pick my top three. Right. And, and as soon as I did the get from the bottom up series, I'm like, well, I can't just pick one. And I, I couldn't. So I, I looked back at some of our past stuff and there were three other series that I was like, there's no way these cannot be discussed. So Designing data intensive applications, that series of, uh, or that, that book and series of episodes that we did, I super loved that series. Just, uh, you know, like as, I don't know, as, as anyone, like we can very easily take for granted things and not think about it. So you can teach me data structures and you'd be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay. I get it. You know, sure. And you don't like really put it to practice. You don't really think about it. And I don't know why, but for some reason, this book series just kind of put into 
like things clicked with like the behind the scenes of databases and thinking about like, oh, <clears throat> yes, there's document databases and there's, uh, you know, uh, relational databases. And then you have all the different, uh, you know, streaming type technologies like a Kafka or whatever. But the thinking about like the data structures behind those technologies and why that might matter and impact, you know, what your use case is and to think about like your use case. And it just, it was, it was, a I don't know, kind of an eye opening kind of, kind of experience if that sounds right. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that and had you know, that whole series and that book. I mean, that was like one of, I think collectively it was like the one book that I think that three of us all agreed on as like a top favorite book that we've done over the years. Fair. Oh yeah, totally. I remember um, looking at the different databases. Remember that uh, the website lets you like compare DB engines and stuff, and just kind of like looking and like having a better understanding, just like based on the categorization of like what that database is good for. And uh, that was really good. And it came at a really good time for us too, because like we were kind of switching technologies and stuff at the time and uh, getting into different databases. And so it really just kind of hit that sweet spot of like the things I really was interested in and needed to know at the time. And to to piggyback on that i mean we talked about it last episode it was one of our favorite books um collectively as well but one the book is written so well which is huge for such a thick um learning set of of information but and, other, and impressive from somebody in a technical field <laughs> right, right? <laughs> um but the I think the one to me that I thought was most important is if I were going to pick any one series, like you said, episodes or book that could change or launch your career, this is probably it. Because depending on what you're trying to do, I mean, a lot of people are stuck in a database world or a lot of people are stuck with just a search engine world or whatever. This book will open up your eyes as to why you would choose different technologies for different um, use cases. Right. And, and I think having that understanding is just massively important when you're making decisions on what you're going to base your, your applications on or what, what feature of your application on. So yeah, I agree. This was by far my favorite. And I still think this will be one of the few books that we actually finish beginning to end. That's, that's a big one. Do you remember the first book that we started? Like the first kind of how to be a programmer was that it was it not clean code was it not clean code I don't remember I thought it was the how to be a programmer but we can look that up so it looks like Jay Z is already looking that up so while he's looking that up I'm gonna go back to the the next series that I thought had to be mentioned and that was the DevOps Handbook series I already is big fan of DevOps principles um i thought that this book like helped or this this series that we did um based on the book helped i don't know solidify some some ideas or concepts or things that like um you know that i already thought about related to the show or related to the concept you know but it it and it helped clarify things where like you, you know where like i had wrong, you know, like I, where I had misconceptions or I was just wrong on, on certain things. And it helped to like, Oh, okay. Technically that would be a, you know, not, uh, you know, that'd be anti DevOps or whatever, you know, some like some things like that. I, but that in, in really like there was the accompanying 
uh, book, The Unicorn Project, <clears throat> which we didn't talk about. It was more of like a fictional story. But uh, at the time that we were going through the DevOps handbook, I did not only did I read the book, but I listened to the audio of both the DevOps handbook and the unicorn project. And I really liked the fact that here's this technical concept that you're reading about. And then here's a a fictional story to help put those technical things into, into practical uses so that you can kind of like better um, grasp the ideas that the author was trying to get across. I thought that was a pretty neat idea. Yeah. I liked it. Um, For me too, with that one, I wasn't as in love with the DevOps thing as probably what you were when we first started that one. But I think by the time we were done with it, I was full on on board with this needs to be a primary focus in, in any kind of project you're working on. Yeah, I, I will. Um, I will say that from like a, a, an outsider looking in, I've definitely seen a, I definitely saw a change in you in yeah. your behavior as it related to uh, DevOps kind of like principles from the, like your, your view of things before we went into that series. And then when we came out of it and I was like, yep, that one, I could tell it had, it left a, it left a mark on you. I could tell. You could always tell because then I was the one that started arguing during meetings. Like, Hey, you guys need to be thinking about this garbage. Where's your dashboard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it (laughs) definitely, I mean, it, that's what's exciting about doing some of these things on the podcast, right? Is is things that you didn't think about or that you didn't think you cared about. Like when you deep dive it, you're like, oh man, this makes a lot of sense. It could make our lives collectively a lot better. Yeah. So, so many ideas that you didn't even know that you needed to care about. And then somebody points it out to you and, you know, in the book and, you know, even, even reading it for the first time in the book can be kind of like a adversarial to it. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're like, well, yeah, but no, I don't yeah, think exactly. so. And then, and then eventually like you come around to it and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. I get why. So, uh, the last, the last series that I'm, I'm going to throw out there and I know this is like my, the fourth series, but I, I thought this was another one of those that just could not go unmentioned is the imposter's handbook. And the thing that I loved about this book was, or the series in the series that we did on it was there was just so many great uh, nuggets of knowledge that were like compressed, you know, so it wasn't like super verbose, but you know, you got the information that you needed to take in. And also to, it, it was like things that you might have been taught, you know, when you were in school, like at, you know, college or university, but you never like really thought again about, you know, and then forget about it or whatnot. And so it was like just a great refresher on, on that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so I don't know. I, I super enjoyed that, that series. You, all right, go ahead. I saw you on mute. <laughs> oh yeah. I was just going to say, uh, I did, uh, some, some research there. And, uh, the first book we talked about was how to be a programmer in 2016. We wow. did that series, three parts. And then, uh, then we got into clean code in 2017 but you know what's uh, interesting? So if you look back just at our older episodes and like even the books that we talked about in the beginning, very focused on like code, like um, boxing and unboxing like interfaces, like uh, even the tips we gave were very oriented around like, you know, develop like, a, you know, being in the IDE and kind of writing low level code. 
And then now if you look at like the books we talk about and read about it, like we're looking at DevOps, we're looking at different databases, you know, it's just uh, the kind of the scope of the show, I think, is has kind of changed. I think it has to kind of lined up with our career growth. And so the, the kinds of things that we think about and kind of struggle with or, you know, research on the side is like, has kind of uh, just changed over the years. It's been interesting to see. Yeah. Hey, real quick on the imposter's handbook too. So, or actually all the ones you mentioned. So it's, it's kind of interesting that his all line up basically with what Jay-Z and I had said on the last episode. So maybe again, that gives some weight to what we think would be valuable and important to you. If you are a, a person that's coming along in their career, just starting off your career, like the, the information that we've gathered over nine and a half years of heavy research, right? Like, this wasn't casual learning because we were having to do it for the podcast. And these are all the ones that impacted us a lot. And so that's, that says something. But the other thing I I mentioned was designing data intensive applications. Totally feel like that could change. um, Like how well you do in your career, depending on where you stay, whether you go cloud or whatever, like there's a lot of good information. The imposter's handbook, I believe is one of those, types of books and that series of information that can help you get your foot in the door somewhere because it'll refresh you on the CS terminology. It'll refresh you on things like graph algorithms and and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. And man, that's the kind of thing that if you're interviewing with a Netflix, a Google and Amazon, that's the kind of stuff that they hit you hard with when you come in for an interview. So that is a great series of episodes that we did and that book in general that can help you get your foot in the door at one of these larger, um, you know, tech companies. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Oh, uh, for to do my uh, favorite episode. So, uh, some, some of the ones that I picked out that I, I really liked, uh, and I'll, I'll go in order here. Uh, one of the first ones I really liked was actually boxing and unboxing and net. Remember that one? I do. That was like episode two. Or two. Three? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember picking out the stock image for that one. <laughs> uh, I still like that one. Had a, like a lady boxer. It was cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, and it was just cool because I got to like learn some things and did some experiments. Like ex- experiment with it, like ILASM or DASM, and there's just some things that I always kind of wanted to dive into, and so it was cool to do that. Uh, also, Docker. Uh, that was one of my favorite episodes because you know it was like at the time where like there was just things changing in my career and also just in the development world, and so it was kind of cool to like. It, we weren't on the like cutting edge of Docker. You know, there are people that were kind of doing stuff with it before, and obviously, containerization's been around for a long time. But it was just cool to kind of like um, have something uh, that we kind of researched that like paid such huge dividends over the years. Uh, the Elasticsearch episode, I really liked. Same thing there. It was just uh, it was really cool to to be learning about that, and that was uh, around the same time we were reading the the DDIA book, uh, and so that um, it was. Just cool to learn about that kind of database and how it worked underneath the covers and the reverse index and all that. Uh, do you remember this one? Uh, the recursion show show recursion show. One of my mm-hmm. favorite show titles. Yeah. Love that one. Uh, it's c- kind of funny. You can see that we experiment even with different titles and episodes. Like they're, they're ones that were like kind of more funny where the first one was like eyes for interface, you know, kind of like the Sesame street thing and others that were like very direct. Uh, anyway, uh, show recursion show. Uh, I just liked a lot because I remember at the time like going through and uh, kind of looking at just different languages and like tail recursion and how like recursion like really worked underneath and the frames and all that stuff and then kind of the stack and the heap and it was just kind of, like some stuff I learned a lot from. Uh, also, uh, another one that's kind of more recent. Uh, I I can't believe this episode was actually in 2021, but it's the Why Is Python Popular episode. 
Remember that one? <laughs> yep. And as we know, I'm not the biggest Python fan, so I really wanted to know. It's like, why do other people like it? So I tried to tried really hard to, to kind of figure that out. And it was just cool to kind of learn about the ecosystem and the evolution and like uh, kind of think of things from like a less technical angle and more of a, just like a kind of a cultural angle. So I, that was one of my favorites. And I think we all understood. We came to the conclusion that your favorite, uh, why it was so popular were the virtual environments, right? That's what you, you <laughs> love out of Python. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and the Python two to three switch. Yeah. Nailed it. Uh, going back to the boxing and unboxing thing, I like the one thing though that will stick with me for the remainder of my life though was that you know we 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 thought we were like you know digging into some like weeds with boxing and unboxing yeah. right because like how many times do you ever have a conversation about boxing and unboxing any kind of variable in like your day job. Right. So here we thought we were like, you know, like really uncovering something or going like super deep on some like super nerdy topic that nobody would ever discuss at the work, you know, at the, at the water cooler. And then randomly like uh, the next day or two days later after we recorded the episode might've even been after we released it, somebody randomly who hadn't listened to the podcast started talking about like, well, yeah, but why are you going to do that? You're boxing the variable. And we we're like, what just happened? Right. Right. That was Vlad, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was yep. Vlad. Yeah, yeah. Of course it would be Vlad. Yeah, what of do you course. do for fun? I write web server. <laughs> yeah, I'm <a> Really? <laughs> I'll be doing well if you're out there. Uh, yeah, we love Vlad. Oh. So yeah, so like the, the, the timing of that episode and that random conversation in the wild happening will just always stand out in my mind. I knew as soon as you started talking about this that that's what you were going to say. Because I remember all of us were kind of slack-jawed when he said it. Like, wait, who talks like that? Like, wait, no, really? Uh, yeah, amazing. And, and there are some, like, show titles that, you know, because, like, behind the scenes, like, I always put together, you know, I try to, like, come up with a show title that, uh, depending on, like, the tone of the episode or whatnot, like, you know, to try to match that. But, you know, sometimes I like to have fun with it. And I especially like to have fun. If you ever notice like the opening paragraph to any of our show notes pages, I always like to have fun with that. Right. Um, and I, I mean, I've talked about this before. It's kind of in the spirit of like the old, uh, uh, top gun or not top gun, top gear episodes with, uh, you know, the three amigos, uh, Clarkson and, uh, uh, captain slow and, uh, which Richard, no Richard Hammond. Um, yeah, Jeremy Clarkson and I was trying to say is I was trying to think of that Richard was his last name and I'm like no that's that's not right but yeah um so like in in the van in the spirit of like their old uh Top Gear like that's always kind of like what's been in the back of my mind when I'm writing that opening paragraph so I like to have fun with it but show recursion show was definitely one of those titles where like it was uh you know one of my uh you know kind of favorites and it was and it was a play on Joe recursion, Joe, who is one of the, you know, community members in our Slack community and, and longtime listener. And so I was kind of like having fun with both of them because we referenced him in, in the episode. And so it was kind of like had, had a double, you know, double Bond. win there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Great. So I, because I totally agree with the ones that, that you guys listed above, I didn't really add very many more. But there were a couple that I really enjoyed um, when we were going over the hierarchical database patterns, um, when we were talking about path enumeration and adjacency lists and all those, like, I don't know that we would still do that in those 
technologies nowadays, depending on, on what we were actually trying to do. But man, those were great, um, eye opening things to solving problems in unique ways, basically using data structuring as, as your force driver for it. So, um, I really enjoyed those, uh, back in the day and I'm sure there's, there's tons more, but those were really good. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, nested set models. Mm-hmm. We we did a lot of it. <laughs> we did we did a lot of it. Yeah. How how do you not how do you not uh, in love nested set models? So you know. Yeah, I mean, it was really quick, uh, surprisingly fast, and yeah, that was that was a really cool episode, and that was another one that paid dividends for us. Well, it was actually it was it was uh, there were two episodes for it. Oh, yeah. It looks right. like somebody deleted the other one. Um, oh, you're you're doing the tags on it. Got it. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, really, really good stuff. What about events? Any uh, particular events that stand out to you guys? Man, the first one you got listed there, NDC. When I did that one, went over and met Jamie and um, oh man, this is terrible. Zach, think, James, yeah, and, uh, Steve Gordon. Yeah, I mean, so many people, and that that was so much fun. Like, I totally enjoyed that when we went over to London. I um, met up with a bunch of people from the podcast I'd never met before. Um. It, that one was an absolute blast. Now, I will say I got less sleep in a week's time doing that because I was up every night until two or three o'clock in the morning, tweaking my slides, trying to make my presentation better. You know, like it was uh, it, it was a little nerve wracking, but man, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I remember all the names because I was so jealous. I wanted to meet all those people. So bad. And then that was right before COVID hit. And so like everything shut down and it was just a. Yeah, it was right as COVID hit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. It, it was that uh, January, right? January 2020. It was the end of January, beginning of February. And I don't know if I told you guys this and probably have mentioned it to those guys as well. On my flight back from London at the at the airport, they were asking, have you been to China in the past 14 days? And I'm like, what's That's this weird. about? No, I'm in London. <laughs> like. And and when we get back to the states, it was like the next week that the sort of everything hit the fan, and there and this COVID thing comes out, and then it was only a couple of weeks later, and they shut down the country, right? So or the world. So yeah, it was it was definitely interesting because I was right at the beginning of the pandemic lockdown yeah. stuff when we were leaving. <clears throat> yeah, and I got a couple other here. We went to a lot of code camps. Um, the two that we went to that we actually were all together for were uh, Atlanta Code Camp. I think we did a, at least one of those. And then uh, Orlando Code Camp, I know, was it two? Two of those that we did? I forget. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah and then we're, we're supposed to do more. And then, yeah. You were at, you were asking, like, which one stood out. It was, I'm pretty sure it was the Orlando one that super stood out for me. Yep. Uh, one of them that we did, I don't remember, because there was like a, we had the the night before there was a dinner. And I think I think both of you gave a presentation at that one. But that was definitely like pre-pandemic kind of time frame. So it was a super happening, crowded time. You know, it's back in the time where like, you know, we were so innocent back then. Everybody would like get together and squeeze, you know, like whatever the occupancy capacity was for a room. Like we would definitely like, you know, that times two. Right. right and yeah. squeeze in. And uh, yeah, so that that one was a super uh, fun time. That yeah, one would be like- amazing. Yeah, that's what I was like. You'd be like, where's Outlaw? It's like, oh, he's being carried around by people. Oh, now he's carrying other people around. Now he's uh, like standing on the table dancing. Now he's... <laughs> like, I kept my shirt on. 
That's right. That's right. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a, that was a really social event, you know, in contrast to kind of the last couple of years. It's been crazy. Uh, South uh, Florida camp was a really cool one for me. I got to meet some really cool people. So, uh, you know, hello out there, Chris and crew. Uh, Tampa Co camp also really cool. Um, yeah. So just a lot of fun, you know, doing, uh, there's a lot of meetups and stuff here to do that. I didn't put in. Um, I don't know if there were any meetups that we actually all made it to together. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, just some really cool times. Hey, we did go to one meetup where Scott Hanselman was down there in Orlando. Remember that? That's right. Yeah. That was really cool. Hey, little yeah. fan. Uh-huh. That was <laughs> yeah. fun. Wait, we were there? Like all uh, three of us? Alan and I were. Oh, oh. Was, were you not? I was there. Yeah. Alan was there. I don't think Alan was. Okay, so it was, yeah, my bad. <laughs> my memory. I really don't remember this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forget why. What were you down for? Maybe I was probably at? down on vacation, vacation. and we hooked yeah. up. Is my guess? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and John came over from uh, Tampa. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, uh, also uh, I want to shout out the this is a virtual event with Game Jams. We've had two of them, which has been awesome. Like I, I've been going back and watching the videos and stuff, and you know, promoting for the next one, and it's just so cool to see like all the different games and different takes on it and just so much like color and just like i don't know i just think it's super cool that like there's like this new stuff in the world that people just made out of their brains and quickly right like i mean we're talking over well i mean minus some of the submissions that you could tell basically just jump from game jam to game jam but for the most part they were all you know fairly new and unique and it was it was a lot of fun seeing that yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, it's crazy. Like the, the, win- the window is basically the weekend, right? You get the 20th to the 23rd, uh, coming up, but a lot of people spend four hours in that weekend, you know, they got just life stuff going on. So, you know, just cause, uh, it's open for a window doesn't mean people are spending, you know, 48 hours, you got sleep in there, all sorts of stuff. And so it's just amazing to me to just see what people come up with and whatever time that they want to put in. Yep. Oh, and I got a big one here. Uh, so remember when we started a Slack? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yep. Uh, do you remember the first person joined? Besides us? Ooh. Besides us. I think it was Techies UK. I'm not totally sure on that, but I think I think he was really? the first. Yep. Yeah. You I, could I'm, find out. Really? Yeah, you could pull the user list and see. They're, they're <laughs> in order. Computer. No, no, no. <laughs> like You could use the API to pull the the user list, and they would be in order. Oh. Um, and that, that's how, so I know that because I previously had a script that is now broken and I haven't taken the time to fix it yet, um, due to the credentials, Sorry but about that. one of the things that it did was it would go download the user list. And, uh, so, so, you know, you, you, you see how, like I'll share pet pictures as part of the episode, uh, cover art, you know, or hero art, whatever you want to call it, the hero image for the episode. And, uh, the way I was doing that was I had a script that would go in, um, anyone that had posted things to pet pictures, they, it would go and scrape that, uh, channel for the pet pictures. And, uh, I would save them, you know, with whatever the user's name were so that I would know like who to contact and like say, Hey, are you okay with me using this? And, um, the, so the user list that, Slack would report, you would see like when they create it, when they came back and like it, it's default ordering was just in order of, um, or at least it was at the time it was in, uh, order of creation It's not in order. If you go into the, the website, but, uh, just really quickly, I looked up and he joined in January of 2016 and I joined in December of 2015. 
Man, that's so, awesome. Two weeks, yeah. I, I do remember James like giving Outlaw some garbage when he first joined, like get closer <laughs> to the mic. <laughs> it's like it's like the very first memories I have. It's like Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was really the cool. The crazy yeah. thing is is that between the three of us, I'm the closest one to the mic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also Mike, so that's double Mike. Yeah, you got double Mike. What's going on, man? Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, we got a, a lot of people from Wales joined. Remember, like right in the beginning, so all those people that we mentioned earlier actually were like some of the earliest uh, earliest joiners. Yeah, and yeah, like who would have thought? Like, uh, I think we're over seven thousand uh, total people in it. That's of course not the number of active people, um, but uh, th- it's just amazing to me. Like, I didn't think anyone would join. It was just kind of like a little experiment, and it really <laughs> took off. And like so many of these people now I've been talking to for, you know, 2015, 2016. Oh my gosh. However many, you know, 22 minus, hold on, give me a few minutes. 22 minus yeah. 15. Jeez, let me get a calculator one. out. Ah, oh, jeez. Is that 70, 70, by 70 by years? We've been hanging out for 70 years now. I mean, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I will say, two there. we have made some really good friends. We've met people on, like, it's been truly amazing. Like when we do the meetups, we'd run into people who are like, man, I've been listening to the show. And you know, I, if you ever want to see outlaw in his element, go to one of these meetups, man. Like when we did the code camps and all that kind of stuff, cause you know, behind the scenes information here, we're going to go ahead and throw it out there. When I approach these guys, 2013 is when we started this, right? Yeah. 2013. Um, <clears throat> We were constantly at work doing kind of what we do on this podcast, like, oh, how are we going to solve this problem? What do we need to do here? And, and, and we'd have hour-long conversations on what to do. And if we're standing around, I'm like, hey, man, we should start a podcast. I know you listen to podcasts. I listen to podcasts. Let's just start one. It can't be that hard. And Jay-Z, I thought, would be the one that would be like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not doing this. Because he's sort of the more quiet, calm, you know, laid-back guy. He was totally like, let's do it. And then Outlaw, who is the talker, the boisterous guy, he's like, no, nah, man, I can't do that. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? And he's like, no, nah, man, I, I I can't do it. I'm, t- I'm too nervous. I can't talk in front of people. I'm like, you're not talking in front of people. You're talking in front of a microphone. Let's do it. We had to drag him into it. And and so you'd think that he would be the the nervous guy, man. You put him in front of a booth at, at an event, man. <laughs> <laughs> he is in his element. I'm a people person. I'm good with people. <laughs> yep, yep. So, so yeah. Um, but what I was saying with that, the slack, like it's sort of bled over into real life, right? Like if we get an opportunity to go somewhere and there are people in that area, then we're like, Hey, let's hook up. Let's go do dinner. Let's eat lunch. Let's, let's talk. Let's do whatever. And it's, it's been amazing. Like we've met a lot of really awesome people and we've said it many times on this show, our Slack channel is full of some of the most incredible people around in dev, because usually, I mean, you can see what happens online. Um, like usually people aren't very nice. There's trolls. We have an incredible community of people and they are super willing to help and very nice to each other. Yeah. It's amazing. Like the number of like instances we've had over, you know, 70 years is <laughs> I, it's just incredible. It's been like two. You know, it's been fantastic. Yeah, and was that many people? Yeah, it's just nuts. So yeah, it's been amazing. So I've been. I that's like definitely my favorite thing that's come out of uh, the podcast in general. And, and like talking to people in uh, Oregon or Colorado or you know Wales or New Zealand Ohio. or whatever. Ohio, yeah. And uh, we, like, there's people that we met uh, from Ohio that were like, I don't know, 
probably 15 at the time right it's <laughs> yeah. crazy they're, they're, they were i'm just kidding sorry they're and, adults now yeah. yeah and they're adults now they're working at you know very large like fang companies and just uh, the trajectory of like how their their career's gone how their lives have changed you know gotten married had kids like it's just crazy to to just think that that stuff may not have happened if we hadn't tried making the slack so we were yeah. at least it would have happened we just i wouldn't have known about it right yeah that's, <laughs> that's probably true well the thing is is if you recall it too like the whole reason why we went slack was i super wanted to start a forum i wanted a forum of some kind but the thing that i didn't like about forums and and like any kind of like social media platforms too was just like the uh you know the the persistence i guess it, it just being there forever. Like sometimes you just wanted to have a conversation and like, you know, it's okay if you missed the conversation, like, you know, you don't get to go back and follow up on it. Right. That happens in your real life. Right. So why, why should it be any different in uh, an online ex- experience too? And so, uh, and plus I didn't want to have to like moderate the forums, you know, with like to make sure that, you know, uh, it was staying clean and whatnot. Um, cause I've seen some where they got out of control and you're like, Whoa, okay. Now this is evolving and something else. Um, and so, uh, that was the thing that I liked about Slack was that on their free tier, like the history is just, you know, gone. You don't get, you don't get it. And I'm like, yeah, okay. That way things can just age out naturally, you know, as part of the conversation. And, you know, if you're there for the conversation, great, you get to hear it and listen and partake. And, you, you know, if you missed it, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah, it's kind of weird to think about like people coming in 10 years after you made a forum post or something and like seeing what you said or thought about and like kind of maybe thinking that you still think that way or, you know, kind of resurrecting old threads or whatever. It's just kind of weird, almost creepy to think about people you're not thinking about. You don't even know yet, like reading what you're saying. And the yeah. things that could be completely taken out of context, too. Like yeah. one statement that was made 10 years ago and then taken out of context. And you're like, well, I mean, if you're part of the conversation, then you'd have seen like... So that was that was the one thing I liked about the free tier on on Slack and uh, you know why I was like a big big proponent for it. Yeah, it's funny. Every once while, Slack will just upgrade us randomly to be like, "Hey, you're on the Pro Slack. Check it out for a little bit." And it's like, "Oh, actually, can we turn this feature off?" Like, yeah, we don't want that. We don't want that. <laughs> uh, there's some downsides too. Like, I hate. There's been times when like that advent of code is going on right now. Uh, so there's a channel for advent of code that. You know, every December it uh, gets real active and then it goes away for the rest of the year. And if you join the Slack in June and you go look in that channel, there's nothing there because it is aged out. And so there's like all these kind of ghost towns, but sometimes they spin back up. So we've been reluctant to close them. Yeah. It's a little bit awkward, but just, you know, if you want to join the Slack, like, come on in. It's a little awkward. It's a little weird, but, uh, you know, so are we. So come on in. <laughs> the seller. Jay-Z's our closer. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, like, I guess on that, like some of the things that have kind of changed when we started, like uh, kind of start like social media. I think all of our views on social media and just what social media even like means and is changed a lot over the last nine and a half years. Like was Instagram even around 10 years ago? Well, it was we we left MySpace for Facebook and now we're back to MySpace. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> No, but go. no, you're right though. I I think Instagram like w- it had just started, right? Like it, it was, was fairly new. Yeah. It, so it launched in iOS uh, for iOS in 2010, but you know, it was still pretty pretty um, you know, minimal. But um the the date that I always kind of think of Instagram as like really starting is when they released their Windows 10 app in 2016. 
Yeah, that's yeah. that's the kicker for you? No. Sorry, uh, I said on their Windows 10 mobile app. Oh, back when there was Windows phones, remember that was a thing for a minute there? <laughs> I miss Windows phones. Nice. Yeah. You had one, didn't you? I did. I loved yeah. it. Nice. Yeah, when was the, uh, Instagram purchased? Yeah, I was going to say, that's the date that everybody really cares about. Yeah, 2012, so that's when they bought it. So, okay, so we were... Uh, we were right, right after right. that, yeah. But yeah, I mean, remember that movie that came out about social media? Um, I, I there's like the social, the social network. network. What yeah. was the documentary on Netflix that just kind of talked about the downside? The social dilemma. Social dilemma, yes. yep. That, Hit me uh, up with other movie facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that would just kind of change. And so it's one of those things where like we're kind of a, you know, a social media company in a way in that we pursue, produce media and we're social. But uh, also, like, you know, we are also leery of Facebook and Twitter and you know, TikTok and all those things. So it's kind of a, a weird thing where if we didn't have the Slack, I think it would be really hard to communicate with people because we kind of stay off those platforms in a lot of ways. Well, uh, I think a lot of those, the, so there's definitely been things that have happened in recent years related to like your views of social media, but also I think where the start of that happened, at least maybe for me was the, um, the Snowden release happened after we had started. If I recall, and his revelations, or maybe it wasn't before. Now, now I'm thinking his was before in like the 2009 timeframe. Um, because that's when like, as an industry, things started to get hardened down. Right. You know, yeah. like a more, uh, you know, industri- in- industry wide concerted effort to go from HTTP to HTTPS, like simple things like that, you know, like encrypt all the things and, uh, you know, like, are you really going to put all that out there? Cause you know, somebody's watching. Yeah. yeah. It was like I 2011 mean, looks like. I okay. Think, so it was before. I think for, for us, like, like I mentioned with the Slack, it's gen generally like a bunch of just people being pretty nice to each other. I mean, they crack jokes, whatever. And it seemed like social media went in an opposite direction over the years where there's a ton of negativity. And we were just like, man, I don't, there's actually been that. there's actually some interesting um like documentary or like interview type things on that. Like there was one from one of the Google heads. I, I don't remember w- who it was, but um I think it was like one of the two founders and he was talking about like you know, if you think about it from like a Facebook or Twitter kind of point of view, <clears throat> um, you know, picking on those two since they're like the two the two big social platforms, uh keying off of what you just said, Alan, like it's easy for their algorithms to promote. Uh, let me see if a, a nice way to say this thing. If you think about the things that are going to like generate a, an emotion and a reaction out of you to cause you to do something like to click a button or a reshare, you know, usually more often than not, it's going to be the things that, are like um inflammatory yeah yeah Yeah, like like and so so these algorithms innocently you know created can start to uh elevate some of that type of rhetoric without that being necessarily the author's intent Mm -hmm. you know and and so he was talking about from the point of view of like trying to create uh, you know, algorithms to do that sort of things. He's like, well, yeah, I mean, it makes sense why th- that type of speech was happening, you know, for, 
for years. And they've definitely been working to try to curb that, you know, because um, it is it is a hard problem. But then, you know, you go back and think about like, oh, well, how many like machine learning kind of conversations have you ever seen where it started with Twitter sentiment analysis? And you're like, yeah, OK, well, uh, I guess we need more of that. Right. Yeah. And it's pretty it makes sense. You know, think about like if you're uh, you know, if you're browsing for videos or something like, are you going to watch a video about something that seems like a level headed, nuanced, you know, accounting of, uh, you know, different sides. Are you going to watch the thing that's like either ticks you off because it's so opposite of what you think, or it's the thing that like you agree with. It's so obvious that other people don't get, you know, it, like it, it tends to, it tends to just kind of promote those like things that cause like, you know, conflicts and, uh, it's, you know, scary. And so, yeah, it's definitely changed how I view social media and like all that stuff is like really kind of come to the forefront in the last couple of years. There's been a lot of stuff Remember the Cambridge Analytica thing and, um, you know, Snowden, like you mentioned, the Snowden actually Snowden's thing happened in 2013. It just kind of started a little bit in 2011. Oh, so it was around that time. Okay. Yep. And there was like, I mean, WikiLeaks, you know, elections, we talk about people talking about like manipulating and now it's like, there's a lot of bots. And so there's a lot of talk about like, kind of fake accounts and real accounts and you know things being generated and that's not even getting into like nfts and like right. like pump and dump like there's been a lot of like kind of financial issues around like cryptocurrencies being misused or kind of scams going on there like i mean it's just uh it's crazy so it's, it's somewhere that we've grown to be a lot more cautious i think over the last nine and a half years now that doesn't mean we don't love it when somebody adds us at Cody blocks or whatever on Twitter. Yeah. Like we love that and we'll share it and we'll reply and we'll do all that kind of stuff. But, um, we aren't as active as what we had initially planned to be there just, just for that reason. Right. So yeah, cause we're not, we're not trying to be controversial. We're trying to help people, right? Like we're trying to help people grow their careers and us grow ours and, and all that. Right. And so, yeah, yep. it, it just worked out. The slack ended up being the place that people seem to get along really well, which is really odd. Yeah, it's that. It's like if you want to do well on Twitter, you got to post like here's ten JavaScript threads, uh, ten JavaScript tips a thread, and you need to like leave one or two things out so that people like you know can go in there and say like, can't believe you left a bugger off because that's right. how you get interactions. But uh, the Slack, like how you have good in- interactions, is like you talk to people and like you put good interactions out, you get good interactions back in. Like that yeah. seems just so much better to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so Slack, the ultimate social media platform. Yeah. Who knew? Um, right. Uh, oh, mentioned this earlier, so we'll not dwell on it, but like, um, when we started, I mean, we were heavy.net users. Like all of us were.net, like coding Like that was, you know, we had intentional kind of branding there where we really wanted to kind of focus on.net. And then a couple of years later, I'm like, I haven't touched.net and who knows how long, you know? Yeah. I still like it. You know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't something that I actively tried to get away from. It just, that's just how things went down. Um, so I, I do miss.net, but it's, you know, it's kind of changed the scope of the show definitely from how we thought we'd be doing things. Well, you know, what's funny about that is like yourself, like I haven't done a ton of .NET development in a couple of years, but we pretty quickly, steered away from just doing all.net right up at the beginning, right? Like we did the boxing and unboxing. Um, even I, I is for interface. We sort of focused on that, but right after that, I think all three of us had a conversation. We were like, you know what? There's a lot of good information that, that is cross cutting, you know, across the entire industry. Let's just, let's focus on making people better developers and not so much on a particular language. I think it largely just went with our own personal, um, interest to the time, like as our personal interest would change, you know, 
so did uh so did the show yeah, yeah. For sure and, and you know what's funny is all of our interests have gone in various d- directions right like i would say that outlaw was the one that was like let's do devops handbook and i was like eh, okay i'm along and and it and it was something that I really liked, right? And and designing data intensive applications, I think Jay Z mentioned it. And I was like, I'm in, right? And and I think that was one where Outlaw was like, yeah, I don't know, I guess we'll, we'll do it. And, and then when we got into it, he's like, this is fantastic. And 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 it, that's kind of what's been cool is, you know, if I had just been on my own looking at stuff, I probably would have gotten de- designing data intensive applications. I've never looked at the DevOps stuff, right? And and there's probably several paths that we've all taken along the way that sort of pulled each of us down and it's made us all better for it. And and that's pretty cool to see over, over a 10 year period. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess, and we kind of mentioned our careers being um, similar, the show format. Uh, remember in the beginning, we like really wrote things out. Like, I mean, basically I think episode two is the one that we threw away and we recorded because uh, we kind of wrote out like what we were going to say almost like it was a book. Yeah, oh, I couldn't stand it. Together. It was yeah. line for line. Yeah, I was yeah, like, this really is robotic. not going to work. <laughs> yep. Like it, you shared a screenshot too of like one of the first episodes. Like I think it was eyes yeah. for uh, eyes for interface, where uh, you know when you were editing and the cutting of <laughs> cutting up of it, and I was like, there is no way, guys. Like we yeah. gotta just go through. Like you make a mistake, just move on. Like okay, it's okay. Yeah, we yeah. can we can talk around it. Yeah, we can. You know the mistake the mistake talking about the mistake is better yep. makes it more entertaining yeah, otherwise you're just it's a book sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but no 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 i, I think speaking of mistakes yeah I, yep. I mean that's actually one of the things that there have been a couple episodes that i think that all of us have collectively been like oh we didn't love that one but then we're just like let's put it out there and and sometimes we got some major kickback on some of those right like the first get series one that we did where we read that one dude's article and it turned out half oh, yeah. the stuff he said and it was wrong and me personally i hadn't verified some of it and and we got tons of kickback on that one and it's like you know what hey we'll just come out with the next episode and and be like yeah sorry about that um learned our lesson moving forward yeah, coincidentally sure. our most discussed episode on twitter and facebook so you know right. yeah exactly what jay-z said put something yeah, wrong out in the world and people will nail you to the wall on it. yeah uh, yeah it, so i do miss the surveys a little bit but it, it's also nice to not have to do them <laughs> like <laughs> there's uh, some overhead just some additional steps of doing like the show notes and stuff for survey says oh yeah yeah although although that stuff could always come back right like we yeah totally I mean, I can't, that's what we, I think over time, what we really wanted to focus on was getting information out there, but having fun. Right. And that's, you know, I mean, we've, we've gotten some feedback over the years. We're like, you know, people come in expecting like professorial type talking and we're like, yeah, that's not us. Um, that's what you're looking for. You can go yeah. find somebody else. That's totally fine. But, but yeah, we wanted it to be fun and loose. Yep. Yeah, I was kind of coming at it originally from like almost like a This American Life angle where like, you know, this these every story had like a every episode, like a story arc or something to it. Like it had a, you know, beginning, middle, end. And yeah, that's just not not sustainable. Like those people have full time jobs. Uh, and some of the stories, if you ever listen to like the radio lab or it's like some of the big time, the most popular shows like Serial or whatever, like some of those, the people re, like the, the reporters on the show will spend months on just one episode. They'll kind of go off and work on that and come back. And so they have these big teams of people that actually get all the episodes out for a year. 
Yeah, I was going to say there. There's also a team of people trying to put together that story right. and like edit all the pieces together and uh, help out with that. You know, versus just three people. And they're getting full time salaries, right? Like yep. we're not getting that. <laughs> yeah, we, we are by and large mostly doing this um, because we want to help people out. <laughs> if you want to help us out, sign up for the Patreon. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, we never did a Patreon, but that's another one of those things that just started. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, funny thing is, I was looking up things that kind of started uh, while we were, uh, you know, kind of already doing the show. Node.js was started. It was re- first released in 2009, but the year it gained popularity was 2017. Wow. So when we started the show, like Node.js was still like, you know, kind of a fringe, like not really such a big deal. It's kind of crazy. Huh. I remember somebody. I remember somebody talking about it to me before I'd even met you guys. And I was like, get out of here. Yep. JavaScript on the server. What are you talking about? I was wrong. Ain't nobody <laughs> got time for that. <laughs> so uh, what about your media consumption habits? How have they changed over time? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I mentioned, you know, kind of Twitter and Facebook, um, you know, like using less of those for sure. Like, I don't even know the last time I've updated my Facebook, but uh, I do a lot of YouTube nowadays which i didn't really do before not that it wasn't around before it just you know different i still check hacker news and reddit all the time um i haven't been to slash dot in forever and that's probably something i would have said nine years or ago one out yeah. yep what about you i don't even know why I mean, yeah yeah i think it was reddit reddit killed slash dot did it probably what about you what's your media <laughs> consumption outlaw I mean, it's definitely changed. I was, I was thinking it more like some of the things you suggested or said were more from like a creation point of view. And I was coming at it more from like the actual consumption because my consumption has definitely changed. I mean, you know, lack of commute, uh, plays a part. Um, and then I don't know, like we were already, uh, not commuting before the pandemic, but for some reason the pandemic just changed my, <laughs> my, uh, you know, listening habits. Uh, so yeah, I've definitely pared down. There used to be a truckload of podcasts that I burned through and now I've pared it down. Um, so yeah, I guess it got less. Yeah. That's interesting. Right. I I'm actually, so I, I took what Jay-Z said as all consumption, like the Reddit and all that kind of stuff. I've figured that's probably where you're. Well, I guess getting. I meant that you, he said something about, he started with like Facebook and Twitter and you, and then move into YouTube. And I took that as like creating posting things. But mine is definitely consuming from YouTube because it, like YouTube to me is like the DIY network, like on demand DIY network. And I love that whether I'm learning something like coding um or, or how to build something, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like it's one of my number one go-tos now. I too have cut back a lot on podcasts. Um, I'm not sure why. I, I think it was the pandemic also for me. It, yep. it was like I needed a break. You know, I'm going to find one. I'm going to find this video. I know, Alan, you're going to love it. And and if you've already seen it, then stop me out. I won't bother. But uh, this guy, I guess he lives in his parents' basement like the majority of the time. And, uh, or, you know, spends the majority of his time in his parents' basement, but the basement was, you know, concrete walls, like there's no windows to the outside world. And so to combat that, he wanted to have a window and, you know, he obviously couldn't cause he's underground. So he put in three, uh, like ridiculously sized TVs, but m- mounted, uh, on their, on, on end. So they're vertical. 
as the windows <laughs> and then uh, built them in. So it, it looks like they're windows to the world that he could just, you know, display whatever he wanted to display. So melting the polar ice caps and, to give and you watch, to <laughs> yeah, yeah. You watch him. You watch him build this thing. Hold on, wait. Oops, started. You watch him build this thing, and you're just like, "Oh, that was a cool idea." Oh, so yeah. here's the video for that. I'll put. Yeah, it I want that. But like Alan said, there's something like late stage capitalism about like <laughs> having pictures of the outside or TV show, right? Outside, yeah, yeah. You know That's what funny. you can do? You can yeah. go out there. <laughs> <laughs> but well, but I mean, hot, but no, no, no. But no. I, I know. In fairness, if, in fairness, if your office is in the basement, right? Like, you know, yeah. that's your office, right? Yeah. And so there can be from from like a, it can be like mentally taxing yeah, on you totally. to totally. like not see daylight or you know changes of the seasons or whatnot. Yep. And so that's what he was talking about. You know, at the start was that he wanted to be able to like work in his in the office in the basement, but you know, feel like he could you know. Yeah. see the water flowing yeah. down a, a stream or something. Yeah, I was so. definitely being facetious on that one, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I've listened to more audiobooks now for, for that escape. Right. And I think that started happening during the pandemic. Cause it's like, I was spending so much time working that I needed, I needed that escape and, and podcasts, mine were mostly tech or, or programming oriented. And it was like, man, I, I gotta, I gotta get away from this. I need some fiction in my life. And, and so I think some of those things change. And then YouTube, again, I just, you know, how to build some bookshelves or how to, how to make this or, or how to code or how, whatever. I love, man, I've talked about it before. Give me a YouTube video and the ability to jack it up to 1.75 speed, man. I can consume some information that way. <laughs> and I love yeah. it. I absolutely love it. And I never got into TikTok. Like, obviously, there's some privacy concerns there. A lot of privacy concerns there. But um, to me, like, the way I use YouTube is still very, like, I search for something specific and I watch a video. Maybe I queue up another one and then I go watch something else specific. So, like, the just the kind of, like, the content discovery thing hasn't really been that interesting to me, you know, other than when the next video starts autoplaying, sometimes I keep it going. But usually I'm... You know, it's more targeted for me anyway. Same. Yeah. Oh, I love this next question. Yeah. Have we had any viewpoints that have changed? I want to start off on this one. Yeah. So, so this one was sort of exciting for me in, in my career development. So when we all met, I think probably most of us were living in a database centric world, right? So whether it be SQL Server or Oracle or whatever, like your application, the heart of that application was always in the database. And with that, I would have even argued at the time, like all your business logic should be there because that's where your data is. And that's where you can perform that logic on that data, right? If you, uh, I can't think of a business use case right now, but, but you would craft your joins and your unions and all that kind of stuff. And it would be right there. And so your application could just grab that and then send it back. Right. Like you didn't have to worry about anything. Well, I think the way we used to refer to it, it was like data logic. Yeah. Yeah. So like data logic belonged in the data tier. Yeah, you know. totally. And over the years, I have probably almost a hundred percent flipped from that. Um, because at one point you would have had to have fought me to, to have taken that logic out of the database. Right. And as you start getting into scale issues, and I think that's a big one, but I think the one that was even more important to me that, that grew on me from outlaw was testability. Like 
you don't have the same ability to test your business logic. And this is one place where designing uh, our, uh, what was it? Domain driven design. This is one of the big impacts that particular book had on me is you can put that logic in your application tier and test it forever. Right. And it's easy to test. It's easy to reason about. You can reduce your errors and all that kind of stuff. Now, there are other challenges that you face now when you're trying to get data out of a database and and pushing it across places. But that was one of the biggest flips for me mentally was your logic belongs in the application tier where it can be tested, hardened and all that kind of stuff. And that that's that was a huge one for me. Yeah, I definitely thought of uh the databases being the heart of the application. I think we, even when we talked about like where to, you know, whether to do procs or whatever, I, I just always kind of thought like, uh, you should do it in code. So it's testable, but it, you know, it, it struggled. I struggled with it because I still thought of the database as being essential. So it's like the lowest level you should put it there. Cause it'd be most consistent because all code that you write in the future, because the database is the king and definitely that perspective is just totally changed. Yeah. It, it's interesting too. I, uh, I, I thought you were going to go a different approach. Like, well, you know, I used to like you guys and now <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's actually one thing that I think has worked out well is, I mean, we were all, we were friends, we were work, work associates and stuff together, but I, I mean, absolutely would consider you guys like two of my closer friends and that's happened over a 10 year period. Right. Like yep. it, they haven't always been glorious times. Like there've been times where we're like, no, man, don't do that. Or you don't do that. Or we can't like, we disagree. And that's one thing that happens, right? Like even on approaches. And, and I think that's actually made us all better developers over time as well. And again, like good friends. So yeah, I mean, while there are times that we probably wanted to put each other in headlocks or whatever, we, I don't think we ever aired any of that. So um, nobody's actually kicked Jay-Z in the shins yet because once they meet him, they're like, Oh, he's bigger than I am. And it just doesn't happen. I've yeah, thought about I'm it a few waiting. times. I've deserved <laughs> like, it. Seriously. <laughs> like, ah, get yep. that guy. Next time. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, you, sh- you really should. <laughs> and then so, you see it be like, oh, wait, no, I think he can take me. So the other one was technologies we use. What did you mean by technology? Was this just like in general technology, not necessarily technologies that we use, but technologies that have changed over time? Like, you know, graph. QL is a thing that started that came up afterwards or like, what were you thinking? Uh, yeah, I was just like the rise of cloud computing, like, you know, AWS was, uh, I went to the first reinvent in 2011. So that was still, you know, like AWS, like saying, Hey, we should have a conference for this cloud computing stuff, you know? So when did like S3 come out? So like, or here's a better one. When did Azure come out? It was before we were recording for sure. Yeah. Okay. 2008. So yeah, uh, I think actually that, no, uh, 2010, February 1st, 2010. Okay. So yeah, it was still pretty new. And you know, like a lot of like, you know, AWS is like the number of services, like, I don't know, it's probably like under 10 or, you know, somewhere around there. And now it's like 2000 or something ridiculous. <laughs> AWS is a little, Oh, up. it was announced in 2008. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's changed a lot. Right. Yeah. Like how you think about things. Like, I mean, obviously containerization is a huge one there. Like Kubernetes. Uh, I don't know. It seems like everything existed longer than I think, but uh, definitely people weren't talking about it like they do now. No, you know, one of my biggest rants on cloud and it drives me absolutely crazy is it's 
it's amazing what you can do with it, right? Like if you don't have a whole team of people, like you can just use a service and it works. It's amazing. But you can also lose so much money on it with things that you just don't even realize you provisioned and didn't kill off at some point or whatever. Like, yep. I honestly believe that cloud was designed to be the place. It, it, it's like that subscription you didn't know you signed up for, right? Like, oh man, I'm still paying for Xbox Live. I don't even have an Xbox, right? Like, right. It, it's that is cloud to me and it drives me crazy. You can spend 20% of your monthly out whatever you're spending and it's on things that you don't even use right yeah or or uh you know runaway things like you think you're doing you think you're being good you're like okay you know what i'm gonna do things in kubernetes i need my pods to spell out their logs to uh cloud logger uh you know so that i can go through them so that's all that's gonna work great and then uh you don't realize that one of your pods goes nuts and just starts spending out logs randomly until you get some obscene bill and you're like what just happened wait how are my logs costing more than my cpu time yep. <laughs> what is that yeah like i don't even care about the logs like what right yeah totally so yeah how yeah. have we changed the most i don't remember what i was like before so hard to say. <laughs> i think i'm the same yeah probably yeah, same. yeah. oh that would be bad, really, to not grow after yeah. nine and a half years. Well, yeah, I think that I've grown, hopefully in good directions. Uh, 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 yeah. Jay Z's more outspoken now than he used to be, I believe. Like in in meetings or whatever, like he he won't just sit there and, and let everybody drive the whole thing. Around I, crankier, is what you're saying? Not by crankier. Just you won't let things go, right? Like yeah. used to his I'll his kick, strategy. I'll kick that horse still. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His strategy used to be let everybody argue it out and then come in at the end and be like, okay, so we're gonna do this, right? And and I think he he's definitely grown more of a voice to where he'll be upfront with his opinion on some things now, which is which is good because his are usually pretty level headed and uh, unlike mine thoughtful oh well, yeah i'm like <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think i think i listen better than i used to like i used to butt heads a lot because i'd be like no man you're wrong yeah. <laughs> and, and you know i mean so i think i've i've gotten better at listening and and trying to evaluate and finding a better way to approach a controversial subject ah uh, this one's gonna sound so uh bad but in that regard, like that's one thing that the show and the and the listeners let me know that I was bad about like uh interjecting and, and cutting off and um you know, so I've tried to over the years get better about not uh cutting someone off mid sentence and trying to listen, but being active active listening is definitely a skill that you have to practice and hone and you know you you think that you have it down pat until others tell you nope you don't have it and yeah so i've i am by far not great at it you know i i will i will admit that i still have my flaws in that regards but i over the years it has definitely been one of those areas of self-improvement that i have tried to you know get better about or you know i'm definitely more cognizant of it and you know self-aware so 
Yeah, there's nothing like putting yourself out there on something like a podcast or a video to get the freaking feedback of the world, right? Like, it's- yeah, if you ever wanted to know everything that's wrong with you, the internet will tell you. Like, right. you put out your one statement of like, hey, here's this C-sharp project. What do you think of this? And they're going to tell you like what they don't like about your hair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... uh on one hand it's sort of humbling on another it's really frustrating because it's like well it's real easy to throw stones when you're sitting over there you know just consuming um and not spending you know 20 hours preparing for something like i i I get it um and and that's i guess that's another way i've changed is i've i've been brutal on reviews about like meetups that i go to where somebody just doesn't seem prepared right and, and I still don't like those, right? I still don't like to go to something where it's like, Hey, wait, you took the time of everybody in this room on the, on the notion that you're going to present them something useful and you come out and you don't. Um, but having put myself in the presenter's shoes now, maybe you don't know what the people wanted. Um, I don't know that it's a great excuse, but but it is it is definitely different when you put yourself out there, right? Like the three of us have, and you get feedback that you're like, "Oh, that kind of sucks." And then you have to say, "Well, is that something I need to change?" And and so I think, it, again, for probably the three of us, how have we changed? Like we talked about the social media thing. We you know we're talking about this, and it's we're probably more guarded than what we would have been um ten years ago in in, in certain respects. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, you know something we've been doing for uh, a long time now that we always forget to mention? <laughs> <laughs> Every episode. Uh, besides the newsletter, which also you should go join. It's working again. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, so uh, if you send a self-addressed stamped envelope, do you know we would send you stickers? We've been doing this for years, but we always forget to talk about it. But uh, yeah, we, we totally still do that. Yeah. And and actually, Mad Viking God, um, I said I was going to send you a hat out like I don't know six months ago. I'm going to do that still. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Um, so uh, Outlaw, I'm probably have to steal the hat from you, and uh, and I'm going to get that in the mail. Uh, but yes, if you haven't been there, coding not code coding codingblocks.net slash swag, and send us uh, you know the, the directions are up there. Do your thing. Yep. All right, well, um, it's that time of the episode where Joe makes it weird. All right, am I, do I get to do it again? <laughs> Wait, I, don't know. I thought about this, and I'm like, I, I, it is the 200th. Maybe I should, like, let's Come see. On. Let's Put see in, where we're I will say, learned. I will say, uh, you know, I started talking about leaving less than five-star reviews. How many of the reviews that we've gotten since then have mentioned wanting to give us less than five stars? <laughs> I think one. <laughs> I think one. <laughs> I thought it was two. It was anyway, it at least two. two. Okay. I think it was one on one on Audible and one on iTunes. Okay. So those okay. are reviews that we may not have gotten without. <laughs> now they both left five stars, but I think letting them know that the door is open uh, for well, they also had the free upgrade coupon too. They so they they wanted to leave a three, but we we because of the coupon they yeah. they got upgraded. To we a do, five. yeah. We will upgrade. So if any any uh, reviews that you want to leave us that are less than five stars, we'll go ahead and give you those extra stars for free. So you can just go ahead and put in the five. Don't worry about it. That's right. You you know, won't be there, might, 
there might be someone listening that thinks that we're being serious, that we could change their star rating. Like, you know, I'm imagining like some, you know, like a, a young kid who who's listening for the first time or whatever, like new to programming. And they're like, wow, they can change the reviews. Okay, fine. I'll leave the three star and let them upgrade it to a five. Yes. He's totally joking. He's, he's joking. We need the five. No, I send <laughs> I send an email to the Apple's family and they go there and uh, <laughs> the nudge Apple's it up. Family. Apple's yeah, they, they run Apple. You, you send it to Tim Apple? Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. But uh, I forget what I was doing. Uh, but uh, if you want to leave us a review, goodbox.net slash review. See, this is why I, I don't uh, talk. This is why Allah doesn't want me to talk about the reviews because I went rambling about like five under under five stars and some people named the apples and didn't actually tell you what we want you to do but what we want you to do is to hook us up with a review we need it we love it uh and it doesn't have to be a long one you can go to codingbox.net slash review we try to make it easy you've got a couple links there you click that sometimes you have to sign in i know i'm sorry but it's fast and then uh, you can just say like hey the show's great love it five stars and that would help I- us out a lot not that Jay-Z didn't set, sell it well, but if I were to put that in my own words, I would just say that, you know, like after the nine and a half years, after the, you know, the previous 199 episodes, we had greatly do, we do greatly appreciate reading those reviews. They do mean a lot to us and, and, you know, motivate us to keep going because some of the things that are shared, um, not always, they're not always through, uh, like the the platforms review mechanism either. Sometimes it comes as a, a DM on Twitter or an email through comments at codingblocks.net or you know whatever. Sometimes we we get the most the most sincere stories uh, shared to us about the, you know how we have uh, the the impact that we made on someone's life and their career and you know the how they're thankful for it. and. It really, it really is, uh, you know, it, it really does touch our hearts. You know, it really is meaningful to us because I'll tell you, like, I never imagined that we would have had that type of, uh, you know, I never imagined that I could be part of something that would have had that kind of impact on anyone, even in my, you know, local city, let alone around the globe, you know, in countries that I, I you have never visited, um, so it, it really does mean a lot to us when we read those. So if you haven't left us a review, we would greatly appreciate it if you did, because it really does honestly mean a lot to us. And and I want to, I'll keep this real brief. It, this is up there with the Slack community, right? Like um, not only people talking about their careers, but just having another person in the room with them, right? Like people that are, that are working on an island by themselves and they're like, man, I just don't have anybody to talk to. And I feel like I'm a part of something when I'm, when I'm listening to the podcast. And when we get stuff like that, it really is like outlaw said, it's, it's, it warms our hearts. And it's, it's amazing to see that, that we're helping people both mentally and, and career wise. It's, it's awesome. If you've been sitting on those one stars for a while, you can drop it right down. Like oh, God. The same. <laughs> uh, <sighs> All right. So uh, with that out of the way, it's time for my favorite portion of the show. Survey says. All right. <clears throat> so uh, this is episode 200. So uh, Jay-Z, you will go first. Wait, is this survey says or is this family feud? Well, isn't survey says part of family feud? Yeah, it's a survey, yeah, kind of. Yeah. We gave it whatever we want. Well, it was literally where the phrase came from, right? Is it? Because they surveyed 100 people. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're my right. gosh. My bad. Wow. You're right. Yeah, I'm keeping with the theme here, man. I know what I'm doing. 
You're right. My bad. Fesh. I got this. Mommy. All right. That's right. All right. So, uh, Jay-Z, you will go first. All right. Fill in the blank. Jumping blank. Jumping blank. That's it. Yeah. Fill in the blank. Oh, man. I mean, Jehoshaphat. What? Ship. Jumping ship. Okay. Um, that's no. That's an X for both of you. No. The top answer was jumping jacks. Wow. The second that was seventy five out Boring. of the right. Wow. Number two, jumping bean. Oh, okay, that was my second. Okay. <laughs> Was it? I should get those points. Yeah. I, mean, I, had I don't a, think so. That's not how this works. Jumping rope was the third. Who are these people that are being like eight, eight year olds? Like right. what is going yeah. on here? Yeah. Jumping frog was the fourth answer. Uh, all terrible answers. All right. Let me, all right. Let yeah. me <laughs> log your zeros there. Okay. That is in there for the history books. Uh, Jehoshaphat. It's got some, it's got some panache. <laughs> it does. It okay um wow we might have to go to like more than three (laughs) (laughs) name something that can be inflated or deflated and alan this one is for you to start us off i get to go first inflated Um, or deflated a float a float all right and jay-z a balloon a balloon Ooh, that's that's really good all right, so float. Uh, no. Balloon is the fourth answer. So fourth. we finally get some points on the board. All with right. 13. Float. How do you inflate a float? What like a like a pool float? Oh, I'm thinking of like like the Rose Bowl parade or something. No. Like, you know, a Macy's oh. Day parade. I'm thinking of a float. I'm like, is he I and I wasn't thinking of like the balloons that they, you know, the Snoopies that would be escorted down i was thinking like the things that you know like you know miss america would ride on or whatever put on your kid or or pool float something like that yeah okay okay so maybe i'm not an ex am i still on there no no you're still that's terrible oh i haven't given you the other answers okay so let me so top answer and and jay-z i'm definitely disappointed in you for this one oh top answer was tire or inner tube Oh, oh man I, mean, I do that all the time. Come on, cycling. You don't do that. And Alan cars. Come on. Man, I didn't think it, I do it all the time. Right, I actually so, bought something that'll do it. All right, go ahead. And in this one, I'm definitely looking at you, Alan. Like why this one wasn't your first pick. The second answer was ball or football. Man. <laughs> How did you miss that? Of of all the people here. You didn't think sports ball as your first choice, Mr. Basketball? Like, let me tell you a little behind the scenes. <laughs> March Madness comes along. Every time we're recording, Alan is watching March Madness as we're recording. Even if that is like on an on a phone, he's watching it as we're recording. He's he's kind of close. Not March Madness, NBA playoffs. Yeah, NBA playoffs is where I am. So is there a difference? They're yeah, college versus pros. It's yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's, yeah. But it's true. It's true. I'll have it played. All right. Uh, So number three was ego or emotions. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Four was balloon. 
The last one was air mattress. I was going to say mattress. That was, but that would have been like two points or something. So I don't think it matters. Uh, it would have been eight. Okay. So you, you, mm. you would have, you would have at least been, you know, uh, in, in the game on the board right yeah. now. You're mm, man. I, I could still win though. He's only got 13 on me. This, this one, this one, you can redeem yourself though. You ready? <clears throat> uh, Jay-Z, you, you will start us off. All right. Name a word that rhymes with soup. I mean, <laughs> can I can I say this on a podcast? You can. It's not that bad. Okay. I mean, the obvious answer is poop. Okay. Uh, what was the original word? Soup. Soup. Um. So it's either scoop or coop. Um. Coop. I definitely won this one. Yeah, you did. Number one answer on the board. It's poop. 36 points. Poop. Dang it. Number two answer with 25 points. Coop. Doggone it, man. Hey, at least you're on the board, though. I am. That was a good answer. I couldn't win that one because he he got the number one. Let me uh, log in these 36 points here in the calculator. Almost double. Like 95% answer. Uh, well, yeah, it was 36 points. So yeah, it was pretty high. I uh, mean, I realized that, you know, we've already done three and I kind of wanted to do a couple more. Do <laughs> you want to do a couple more? Let's do we'll do one we'll do more. Quack. One yes. more. One more. One more. Okay. I, I need a chance. All right. So, uh, definitely, you know, it's, the score is 49 to 25. Joe is in the lead. Yeah. Uh, but Alan, you will lead us off. Name a movie monster you think could take Dracula in a fight. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Movie monster. But now all of a sudden I can't think of any movie monsters. Um, let's go with, uh, let's go with Godzilla. Okay. It's the only one I can think of. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think like anybody made out of wood. <laughs> Is the wicker man made out of wood? <laughs> oh, wait, wait, but that's not a monster. Yeah. Yeah. It's Groot. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think I have to go with Frankenstein just because he's I think there's a dead. movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's true. And he's got no, he got to have no blood, right? Uh, uh, to be vulnerable. Yeah. So, um, uh, is it I Frankenstein like, or is it Frankenstein? Oh, that's, and you know what? It's Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein uh-huh. was the name of the doctor. So much for this being quick, by the way. Sorry. So uh, <laughs> I'm just going to go with uh, Frankenstein. Oh, man. This is so exciting. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. The number one answer on the board was Godzilla. Wow. Oh, look at that. The number right. two answer on the board Frankenstein. is Frankenstein. <laughs> wow. Man. Number three to finish it out is King Kong, followed by Wolfman. No way. No, Wolfman's going to die. Then Freddy Krueger. <laughs> okay. Good answer. Then Jason. Okay. Yeah. 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 Now, here's, here's where it gets exciting. <clears throat> uh, which one of you do I say first? 
Okay, Alan got the, the got the the first answer. So I, I, I'll uh, hey, we're gonna go it this way. Godzilla, you ready for this, Alan? I, I'm excited. Forty three points. No way. More than poop. <laughs> wow. Godzilla. Twenty. Or, or, I'm sorry, Frankenstein. Nineteen. I need less than less than twenty. 26 points. Oh, man, Woo. I still lost. All right. Yeah. I, when you called out Godzilla, I was like, he's he just won. He just walked wow. away with it. He just stole the win from Jay-Z. And then wow. Jay-Z was like, I don't know. Do I pick Frankenstein or do I go with somebody else? And I'm I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, my God, please pick Frankenstein. Please pick Frankenstein. <laughs> wow. Uh, That's close. That was fun. That was good. So, uh you know, going back to the, to the body of the, the episode here. Um, I had listened, like, what are the top three things that you've gotten out of the, you know, the podcast over the years? So <laughs> what, I, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a Michael thing if I didn't like have some fun with it. Right. So, uh, the top, top thing I've learned is like definitely alphabetize all of the methods, you know, like order them alphabetically in your class file, you know, um, so that, you know, for readability and findability of the things in the file, like just alphabetically list them. I'm dry heaving. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously I'm joking. Uh, you know, that was one of the things that we learned from uncle Bob's clean code series where he introduced me to the concept of the organizing your class files, the code in your class file in what he referred to as a newspaper format. And I completely innocently, like just did not think that that was going to be like the, to do that it became uh, you know, the discussion, the amount of discussion that we would get. And it definitely wasn't done to like, you know, going back to, to Jay-Z's Twitter comments about like, you know, leaving something out or saying something wrong to purposely get interaction. It wasn't done anything like that. But the amount of discussion that came back about why I was crazy to organize my files alphabetically, I'm just, and in my defense, like literally it was in the IDE as like a easy button item where it's like, you know, resort, reorganize it. And you're like, yeah, why wouldn't you do that? Because of the get chaos it would create on the PR. Yep. I was thinking about um there there was a we did uh, design patterns a few times that didn't really go super well but I think I, I was in charge of the mediator pattern and I just ruined it <laughs> like, <laughs> I've never never got more feedback in my life on anything. <laughs> Alan, do you have a, a top three? Um, yeah, the friends and community. I I absolutely love it. I mean, I love doing this with you guys and and like I said when when we go to meetups and and you know, code camps and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's truly just amazing. Yeah. It's a real answer. Community, community, community. Yeah. Um, and the, now, you know, if I'm being serious, like another one, this, we kind of already hinted on this one, but just to like expressly call it out, like, uh, going back to that com comments that I made about designing data intensive applications, like one of the top three things, a better understanding of database technologies and the impact of their underlying data structures, you know, it's definitely something that I've taken away uh, from the various discussions we've had over the years. Not necessarily just about that that book series, although that book series was definitely like a big part of that for sure. 
Jay Z, you got one? No. I think uh, I, I think uh, I, I agree. Basically, disagree. I just think I'm how much of the database uh, technologies have been transformative. So that's uh, yeah. And I, I mentioned like the LSM trees and stuff before, and like even just like uh, like we never really did an episode on Kafka, but like RocksDB and some of the things that we were kind of like working with at the time, and like even like um like Kafka. Some of the things that at the time seemed like just weird, you know, Kafka being weird, Kafka being Kafka. And like uh, difficulties with like partitions and changing them and things that like I thought like why shouldn't why don't they handle this you know and then you, you like dive into the technical details behind it and realize why they don't <laughs> or why they expose the parameters they do and what, what it means to really change uh, some of the numbers and like oh, and even today like we were talking about um, recently about um, something in Kafka and uh, if you want to have uh, I'll, I'll I'll skip the all the annoying uh, details but it's basically like if you want to have uh, a certain kind of message delivery. You've got to go change these two settings on the producers and this setting on the consumer. And then you oh. should check this and that and the whatever. And you think like, oh my gosh, this is such a common ask. Like, why isn't there a single setting? It's like, well, because it's complicated. There's multiple actors. There's uh, various flavors that people might kind of want. But, uh, you know, it, it's just how it is. The difference of like a message that is a fire and forget and you don't care if the recipient got it versus a guaranteed delivery type message. Like, yeah, those are guaranteed the types of settings only that you're talking about. Yeah, 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 delivery. It seems like something you'd just be able to like set that. Like that's something that people, you know, ask about the technologies like, does it support uh, guaranteed once delivery? Like, yes. So you think there'd be a setting that says, like, yeah, turn it on. But it's much more complicated than that. Yeah. I shouldn't say much more complicated, but it's uh, it's definitely a read a blog before you do it kind of thing. Right? It's not yeah. flip a switch. Yeah, yeah. So for me, the the second one, the thing that I got out of it is the application tier. I already mentioned it earlier. It should be one of your most powerful things, right? So put your logic into the thing that is going to be easiest to test, scale, change, all that. So that 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 was a big one for me over the years. I would say that's that's definitely one that like between the three of us, I think that we've definitely grown to appreciate more. Not that we didn't have necessarily appreciation before, but uh, we've definitely like grown stronger in regards to uh, the scalability of that application tier. And you know, if you put things there uh, and and they're testable things, and you know, and whatnot, then it's easier to grow that thing than it is some of the other things. And, you know, you go back to like data, for example, and like hoops that you would have to go through in like a, a relational kind of world, but now like the appreciation and again, definitely going back to that data intensive application design data intensive application book. Like you think of the complications of, dealing with data and anytime you're trying to like scale something, the stateless bits are always super easy to scale. It's those stateful things that are hard and challenging. That's, that's where the complexity of every application comes from. And, you know, when it comes to data, scaling readers, isn't that hard, right? Like that's not, that's not the, the hard part of that problem. It's the rights. It's, it's how do you deal with the rights and, and, the trade-offs that you have to make. So um, yeah, I think we, the three of us have definitely gained an appreciation for that. So. All right. So, so your third. So, so the last one, and this is, this kind of goes back to the comment that 
um, I, I didn't want to like chime in on this earlier when you were talking about it, but you were talking about like the books that, you know, um, Alan, when you were talking about like, I was wanting to do the DevOps handbook or Jay-Z wanted to do data intensive applications. And like, you know, one of us might throw a book idea out there and the others would be like, I don't know. But then eventually like, you know, you grow to love that book. One of the things, the big takeaways from this thing though, is from doing this podcast is just been like the forced learning aspect of bettering myself to, to like being forced to like, Oh, let's go look at designing and designing data intensive applications. Cause that might not have been a book that I would have picked up on my own. I might've like, just, I don't know about, I was going to say mistakenly picked up a book like, um, that's more language focused. And I don't know if you guys have done that where like, you know, you just, Oh, well how, let me, let me learn all the ins and outs of the .NET CLR or all the ins and outs of Kotlin or whatever, you know, uh, JavaScript, but, uh, you know, there is something to be said for like going back to these higher level architectural kind of books that aren't, that don't care like what language you're coming at it from. It, it's looking at things at a, at a much higher level and why you need to you know be aware or pay attention to certain things. And, uh, you know, I might've otherwise skipped those books had it not been for, um, either you two or even the community saying like, Hey, what if you did this book? And so, uh, that, that it's kind of forced me to, uh, better myself in aspects that I might have otherwise, uh, overlooked, you know, I, I wouldn't have thought to go dig into. Your turn, Jay-Z. Do you have another thing? I mean, I think just really community, 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 but I, I, like outlaws, like I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, aside from alphabetizing all the things in your class, which <laughs> definitely don't agree on that one, but so, yeah, everything else is totally. All right. So then, so my last one is don't make whatever your one technology thing is be your hammer and everything's a nail out there, right? Like I think this also came from designing data intensive applications and just our experience over time as well is we've talked about like, if you have a relational database, that thing gets abused, right? Like it becomes your analytics platform. It becomes your actual database. It becomes your logic platform. It's like everything. And that may not be what it's suited for. And so one of the things I've grown to appreciate and sort of hate over time is there are tools that are right for the job, right? And so, I'm sorry, I apologize for my three-pound chihuahua making all the noise in the world up there. Vicious, yeah, right. Um, but somebody was just murdered. Yeah, probably. Uh, at least a toe was. Um, but but that whole notion that you know. Don't try and make your database a search engine. There's search engines out there for it, right? Um, don't don't try and make your search engine your database. <laughs> there are databases out there to answer those problems. So there is overhead and complexity that comes with adding things to your stack, but you should evaluate those things and figure out how important is it to my stack, right? Like if if a search engine is is 50% of the importance to my application then maybe you should look at investing in a search engine, right? And so that whole notion that you should not just just try and cram everything into what you already have is is a big one for me. So 
that was huge. Yeah. To expand on that though, like another thing that bothers me <clears throat> that you see too, um, it's easy to say like, don't, don't make that one tech your hammer. And people like look at that as like, you know, uh, don't use SQL server for everything, you know, right. Like your search engine example kind of thing, like, you know, get a, get an elastic search or whatever, but you see this also too often to where it's like, well, the language that the author really knew was Python. So he did everything in Python and now you coming along secondhand have to support all the Python stuff because everything was written in Python. And it's like, well, there are some things that Python is really great at. That doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be the language used for everything. Perl has some great, some things it's great at. It doesn't mean that you have to do everything in Perl, for example, right? Like, you know, and and the same for like a, a .NET or a Java or whatever the language might be. Like, I just see it too often to where, well, you know, I know Java extremely well, so I'm going to write Java. I'm going to write all my stuff in Java. And then we end up with Node. And, you know, so now everything's written in JavaScript. Yeah. I mean, it's true. <laughs> it is true. Um, so it doesn't have to be like, it could be like, you know, that, that a language could just be a language too. Right. You know? Don't be afraid to, to expand out and, you know, recognize that there are languages that are, you know, they have their place. Right. There's a reason there are things that they're good at and don't be afraid to take advantage of them. Yep. So. All right. Well, uh, there will be, you know, links to past uh, series that we've done and things like that. Uh, I promised you a YouTube uh, DIY video for like, you know, how to add windows to your concrete. Um, yeah. So there'll be there'll be some links in the resources we like. And with that, we head into Alan's favorite portion of the show. It's the tip of the week. All right. I'm starting this out with. Uh, so as I've mentioned several times on the show, I'm a big fan of Obsidian, which, uh, you know, just to recreate it quickly, lets you work locally with markdown files and gives you like a nice app experience. You can use searching and tagging and some other nice things. Uh, well, the way I'm using it at work, I don't, I, it's all purely local, right? So I don't want anything that I type in like work notes or something being uploaded to some cloud or something, you know, that's, that's not approved by work. So uh, I want my files locally. However, we do have a couple ways to share files. And sometimes I want to be able to send files, my notes to, to coworkers, right? And I don't want to send a copy of them because I want to be able to make changes, you know, and, and keep it live. And so, um, what I've started doing is dropping it into, uh, you know, one of the tools like a Google cloud or, you know, some sort of company approved drive. Uh, and then I can share the links. But the problem with that is that these are MD files. These are markdown files. So if I send you uh, a link to a markdown file, you're going to see, you know, markdown. I, I want you to have rich text. I want you to see it the way that I see it. Right. So I found out there's actually a setting hidden in, uh, Google docs. And I looked at a few of the others, uh, like um, Dropbox and a couple other things that already had better ways of dealing with this. But uh, there's actually a preference you can set uh, to automatically detect markdown. So you go into tools, preferences, and automatically detect markdown. Uh, set that setting. And then whenever you view a file that looks like it's got markdown, it changes it over to rich text, which works for me, but not the people I share it with. So not perfect. Uh, that's a per file thing, too per user per file oh crap it is isn't it yeah yeah you'd okay. have to open up that specific document and then that stinks it. that stinks okay so then i'll give you my second tip that <laughs> i didn't put on here uh there is actually a plugin a chrome plugin that i uh looked at using briefly 
And I uh, got it working on my home machine. I didn't install it work because I didn't know what they're doing with it. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, there's a, a Chrome plugin for adding support to Google Drive. But that's a bummer that I didn't think about the same file. What I did use it for, though, um, was that uh, just by having it, um, you know, for me, <laughs> uh, it's nice because you can copy paste out of it easier than if you copy paste out of um, what you call it. Obsidian. Uh, Obsidian, because Obsidian, you copy paste by default. It's going to copy paste the markdown into email or whatever if you want to send oh, right. it. But if you do it in Google Docs, it's, uh, it defaults to the rich text, which is okay, but not enough reason to swap it. But yeah, I didn't even think about it being per document. Man, that's six Google. I got some. <laughs> I'm going to get hold of the Google family. We're going to talk about this. <laughs> the Apple family. I, I The whole time you were talking about that, though, like, uh, I know it wasn't, it would be tedious to do for note taking, but I was thinking about like how, uh, the GitHub UI, it's rendering of Markdown and how like I love readmes in the code, you know, to where the, the readme can uh, version with the code. Yeah. You know, and like I can't have enough readmes. I, there doesn't have to just be one at the top level. You can have readme per, you know, individual section of the of your application or whatever, or especially like in a mono repo world. Oh, man, you want like as many readmes as you can get in there. And yep. I, I love the, you know, you navigate through the repo in the GitHub UI. And if there's a readme in there, it just automatically boom shows it, renders it. You know, it's great. So big fan of that. Yeah. And the, the plugin, by the way, that uh, I was using our uh, sub there, there was Markdown Viewer. I'll have a link to that. All right. Um, so for my tip of the week, uh, I have one, this is like, somebody's probably like, well, duh. And you know, like, why didn't you already know that Michael? So you know how we've talked in the past about how when you're doing like uh database development, like database, like routines, for example, right? Like that's a, that's a type of technology that doesn't lend its well self. Well, like if you come from an object oriented kind of background and you're like, well, you know, like I need to have this parent class and you know, uh, this will inherit that, blah, 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 you know, and you break everything out into like nice little meaningful chunks, but database development doesn't necessarily lend itself well to that type of, uh, modeling, let's say. Um, so you can end up with stored procedures that are large, right? Fair to say. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, which, you know, might be like one of the biggest complaints that, uh, we all have with it. So anyway, I found myself where in a situation where I was maintaining a rather large routine and I was using data grip and there was an, I was trying to update the routine and, you know, like whether it's SQL server or Postgres, like before you uh, can update an, or alter an existing routine, you know, or even create a new one, the first thing that it's going to do is like run it through a compiler uh, to see like, you know, make sure it's fine and then try to apply it. Right. Well, data grip would just give me this like useless message of like, Hey, uh, there's an error near. And it was in my case, semicolon, there's an error near semicolon at position, blah, 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 blah. And it, it wasn't very helpful because one, uh, this was a Postgres routine. So there were semicolons abound. I mean, they were all over the file, right? So that didn't help to clarify like which semicolon. And also too, the position wasn't a line number. 
it I'm assuming as part of the compilation process, like white space and new lines and things like that and comments are stripped out and, and it was putting it in a more uh, compiler friendly format. So the position was meaningless to me. I had no idea what position that it was referring to, you know, what I didn't notice at first though, was that the, the, data grip was automatically putting the cursor where the error was. And I totally missed that. I don't know how I missed that, but I, I did. I mean, I, I looked at this file for the better part of an hour trying like, what is going on? Like, where's the error trying to like figure out. And, and the error was totally benign too. Like data grip. It didn't even like show you any kind of like red squiggles or there was no, there was no hint or indication that, Hey, this is wrong you, you might want to fix this. Right. And I, and like I said, when I would try to apply the routine, I totally missed that it was, um, moving the cursor because I was already in that area of it. And all I was doing was just like selecting the whole thing. And, and you know, like, uh, I was on a Mac, so like command a, and then uh, command enter to run everything that I'd selected. So, I didn't notice that it was moving it cause I was already in the area. And so, uh, but so, you know, hint number one, it puts the cursor where the error is, even though it gives you this meaningless position message, but also too, another thing that I noticed that I had never noticed before was that I had, if I scrolled and yes, I had to scroll up to the top of the file, then, um, you know, there would be like a red exclamation point for a, you know, red circle with an exclamation point for, like, hey, this is the block that was failing, right? I didn't realize that that exclamation point was also clickable. And if you clicked it, it would navigate you to the specific thing that was the error. So that was also interesting. But also two or third related. So related to that, and this is like, even when I did pick up that it was putting the cursor at the line, I've noticed in some cases where data grip will... Um, there might be like an error in say like a, like a select statement or something. I, I don't remember the exact use case, but it wouldn't necessarily put the air, the cursor at where the error was in that case, but it might put it at the start of that block of code that it would want to execute. So if it was a select statement or an insert statement or whatever, you know, uh, it might put it at that at that block. So like if you had a create table and you had like a wrong data type, for example, you know, I I don't remember the exact examples, but it would be something like that where, you know, it might not put it at that data type. It might put it at the create table statement. So that was part of the reason why I didn't recognize that like, Oh, it was actually moving the cursor to where it was until I clicked that red exclamation point and it went back that it happened to like, wait, it's very specifically navigating to this thing. Like, what is this? And this was, this was a, a CTE block and I had like CTEs that were calling CTEs. So they were, um, <clears throat> I guess like a cascading set of CTEs. I'm not sure like what we, what that's called. A mess. Yeah. Yeah, a mess, <laughs> a mess yes. right. Yeah. Aside from that, but yeah, uh, don't judge my code. Yeah. Um, and that's what you have to do, right? There's yeah. no other, and that's what you need to do in that situation. So, so in, in short, what I found was like, I had gone back to my old, uh, SQL server days. I don't know if you guys did this too. And I don't know why this habit got ingrained in me, but whenever I would start a CTE, do you guys have like, like 
if I were to say, like, ask you to like give me the first five characters of your of how you would start your CTE, could you? What would you say? CTE underscore. <laughs> you mean naming the thing width, or I forget? Yeah, I don't remember anymore. So I always did, for whatever reason, in going back to my SQL Server days, semicolon with. Yeah. Postgres does not like that leading semicolon. Oh, really? Uh, well, it, it terminates the previous block, right? Or something like that. Yeah, but why? Does it matter? There was Shouldn't nothing care. there to, to so, yeah. so, uh, because like SQL Server isn't as specific about semicolons that, that, um, Postgres is. So there was like, you know, it was just ingrained in me that for like CTEs, I would always start it with that merge into statements in SQL Server. You had to end it with the semicolon. But other than that, like, you know, in semi in SQL Server, you didn't really care about it as much. But uh yeah, Postgres super cared about that that semicolon and it looked so benign. There were there was no indication. But yeah, it, data grip was trying to give me a hint, but all I saw was the pos- error at position and this number. And I'm like, how that where is that position? So <laughs> anyway, so that was that was uh, you know, um this weekend dumb things that Michael did with Michael. Uh know. <laughs> So, so the other thing too, uh, like we've all shared our love of Minikube, and oh, the one thing that like we haven't really talked about, and and it was surprising, like when it when the idea dawned on me, I'm like, oh man, I want to like go back and I want to, I want to get in my DeLorean, go back in time, and remind myself of this feature so that I could like save a bunch of time that I've wasted, uh, you know, in recent in recent years with Minikube. If you've ever found yourself in a situation with where you're doing some, um, obviously you're doing some development that requires uh, a Kubernetes environment. And so that means building Docker images, compiling Helm charts, installing those Helm charts to get those Docker images into your Minikube environment. You know, you might've like set up some data or whatnot, but then whatever reason you need to pivot to something else. Uh, like maybe, maybe your, your priorities just change. Like you were working on a new feature and then somebody comes at you and like, Hey, they tap you on the shoulder and Oh, by the way, there's this major sev one bug that, that needs to be addressed. Like it's all hands on deck to go look at it. And whatever, whatever the reason is that then your need to pivot would require you to spin up, you know, uh, a new Minikube environment. And you're like, man, well, I guess I could trash my current mini cube environment, like get stash all my code or, you know, get commit all my code as Jay-Z would obviously have already done it. He would have committed yeah. it. Um, but you know, you, if you tear down that mini cube environment and, and delete it specifically, uh, and you'll then have to, you know, you'll lose all the Docker cache and, and any kind of like third party dependencies that might've been installed as part of your Docker building and whatnot. Um, so that can be that can be a major time suck, right? Like that can that can be a problem. I don't know why this didn't dawn on me sooner, but with Minikube, you can create as many that's the beauty of Minikube. You can create as many environments as you want running different versions of Kubernetes or, you know, for different you know, whatever your different application needs might be to to you know, you're working on two things concurrently and you want to uh, you know, be able to pivot easily back and forth between the two uh, development efforts. 
with Minikube, you could pass in a dash dash profile and give it a name, right? So, you know, you might, you might just leave, leave the default as Minikube to do all your main development on your main trunk development. But then, you know, Alan comes and taps me on the shoulder and he's like, Hey, I need you, you know, there's this big bug. I need your help. And you're like, okay, let me spin up a new Minikube environment dash dash profile, uh, you know, equals bug for Alan. And you know, spin up this whole other environment. And then it's really cool too. Cause like if you're using tools like scaffold and canines, right? Scaffold, you could specify the cube context that you want it to use with dash dash cube dash context and tell it like, Hey, use bug for Allen as the cube context and canines. If you had already spun down, if you had already stopped your other, your default mini cube environment, uh, canines will immediately pick up the other uh, bug for Allen um, uh, Kubernetes environment and just immediately start showing you that. Obviously, you could go back to in canines and do like a colon context and see the other um, ones that are available if you didn't spin down Minikube. But in my case, because of the size of each, the the number of resources that I needed each uh, Minikube environment to take, I you know wasn't going to be able to easily run them concurrently. So I was bring you know stopping one to start the other. But yeah, so the point is is that if you're not our, if you needed another reason to fall in love with Minikube, here it is. Like you can, you could dash dash profile and name it whatever you want to call it. And you know, there you go. It is weird though, that they call it profile. Like I thought that was an odd choice of, uh, you know, nomenclature for it instead of just like calling it like name name. Yeah. yeah. A whole lot easier, more obvious. Yeah, yeah. Cause it is two separate VMs or multiple, right? <clears throat> All right, so mine, uh, I cheated because um, I needed to, and uh, I grabbed one out of the Tips and Tools Slack channel. Uh, tips and Tools, yeah. And so, as he often does, Mike RG put some good stuff out there. There is a free. Excuse me. Let me cough off off audio here. Um, there is a free ebook you can get called SQL for Devs. Um, and if you go to sqlfordevs.com slash ebook, you'll see this. And it is from a person that he follows on Twitter by the name of Tobias Petri. And apparently this guy took all the tips that he's put on Twitter forever for various different SQL tips or whatnot. And he compiled it all into an ebook. And so for the low price of basically putting your email in, you can go download this thing. And it looks to be, there's a ton of information in it. They have a table of contents. And, uh, and if Mike RG is, is saying that something's pretty good, you can almost take it to the bank. So, um, you know, I highly recommend going and checking this thing out. All right. Well, uh, 200 episodes. In the books, it's official. That's amazing. We did it. Right. We got here. We got through it. Um, so yeah, like we said earlier, if you haven't already uh, subscribed to us, you can find us on all the major platforms: iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you like to find your podcast. And uh, you know, if you haven't already left us a review, we greatly appreciate it. Um, you know, so, so the five stars are more appreciated than maybe the one stars <laughs> a little fair? bit. Yeah. yeah the um, more stars, the better. I will yeah. say we, we learned from all of them though. We grow, we grow from all of them. Um, we have. so yeah, w- we do greatly appreciate it. So if you haven't already find some helpful links at uh, codingblocks.net slash review, 
Hey, and while you're up there, make sure you check out our show notes. Like this episode will have a ton of links into it to the various different things that we found useful and interesting over our time doing the podcast. And make sure you send your questions, feedback, and rants to our Slack channel at codingblocks.net slash Slack. Hey, and uh, we still got Twitter at CodingBlocks. And if you go to the top of our website, codingblocks.net, you can find all our social dailies at the top of the page. Including swag. Swag. That's so right. go to codingblocks.net slash swag and you can find out, uh, you know, send us a self-addressed stamped envelope. The address is on there and, uh, you know, we'll get some some swag out to you. That's right. And thanks for hanging with us for 200 episodes. 200. It's amazing. Hanging tough. Whoa. Oh, oh, oh. Whoa. Oh, oh. Just hanging tough. <laughs> We're tools. <laughs> <laughs> Ah. Yes. Uh, hitting stop. Hitting stop. <laughs>